live from the Front Row Network in Imperial, Illinois. I'm Megan. I'm Jacqueline. And on this week's episode of Like This Pod, Megan's Version, we think you're going to like Elizabeth Ray. The intro did not take us 27 minutes to record because even though I was staring at the words, I could not get them out. No, it only took two and a half minutes. <laughs> we should podcast land is forever. Yeah. Friends, I apologize for my voice. I lost it on Saturday and it still has not come back. Yeah. At a mystery event that I'm pretty sure one of us will probably talk about at the end of the episode. Yeah, that was my plan. <laughs> That's what I figured. <laughs> At a mystery event. <laughs> the mystery event that we posted about. Yeah, it's a mystery. <laughs> Gotta wait until the end. Yes. So, we have something very exciting for you guys in this yeah. episode. And we are, well, I, because Jacqueline yeah. has rehearsal. I have rehearsal, so I don't get to be a part yeah. of the exciting thing, and I'm sad. I am going to interview Elizabeth from Odd Man Out and Porch Club. And... Disney Princess Deathmatch, and can I just say, and Disney Villain Deathmatch, death Black Sails, nope, uh, yeah, Black Sails, or nope. whatever that That's one not is. what it's called. Yeah. It's called Fathoms Deep, a Black Sails podcast. I'm like, what the F is it called? <laughs> I can, like, see the album art mm. so clearly in my head, and all the other common iridium things, yeah. and her book called Idlewild, <clears throat> which I made Jacqueline a- read. And she wrote a movie. She short. she has written a couple. Yeah. But she is currently, which we will talk about yeah. in the interview, I'm sure, um, currently in the pr- in the production process of filming another one. Sorry, I scooted the microphone away from me. <laughs> but yeah, she just graduated from a college. I'm not going to say. If she wants yeah. to say, I'll <laughs> let her say it. Um, with, I think, a film studies degree. But I think she started out doing... Something with literary criticism. We'll, we will find out more in the interview. Yeah. The interview has not happened yet. We are doing the interview tomorrow night. So. Yeah. so I'm really excited. I'm really nervous. <laughs> I believe in you. I'm also excited for you. I'm excited that you guys and Megan is obsessed with her. <laughs> I know. I'm going like to vomit all over. Not literally, but like verbally. Like, well, and she and... Sarah are like the reason that yeah. we started the podcast. Yeah. Well, like, their show is their the reason show. that we started the podcast. Their yeah. shows, I should say. Yeah. But mostly um, on Man Out. But mostly on Man Out. And like you guys have heard that story. Yeah. Like if you're new, Megan made me listen to On Man yeah. Out with the hopes so that, the hopes would that want she'd want to want start a podcast. And then she did. And then I did. And then we started a podcast. <laughs> and here we are three years later. Yeah. It's insane. It's crazy. I feel like it's been three years. Yeah. But. So we kind of owe a lot of this to her. To her. So so we're very excited. Well, and that's kind yeah. of was part of the reason that we we're like, you know, it's been three years. Yeah. We've been looking for a reason to get her on. I've been looking for a reason yeah. to get her on the show in general. And I'd reached out to her several months ago, and I was like, well, we're still doing book club, and I was mm-hmm. like, maybe we'll do Idlewild for book yeah. club. Would you be willing to come talk about it? She was mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course. And then. We stopped doing book club, so I was like, well, maybe we'll just interview her. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's the plan. Yeah. I, I'm i very excited for you. I read Idlewild, finally. Yes. I really liked it. It was, like, it's short. Like It's, it's really short. It's it's a short lull. It's, I, I, 
I would call it. I would still call it a novel just because it's hers. Yeah. But it's like novella length. Yeah. And it's even shorter than the page count because I think it's 160 mm-hmm. pages, but it starts on page 13. Yeah. So. So, but I really liked it. I think it was kind of like the perfect amount for the story. I think so too. It's told really, really well. Yeah, and it's like, like really succinctly. And I like without giving like too much of it away there's stuff that happens in the past and in the future that mirror mm-hmm. and i really 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 like that and i like i just, yeah it's really cool and i'm sad i don't get to talk to her about it. <laughs> <laughs> but she has questions that she will ask her yeah so. yeah well then i will give megan to ask her <laughs> that i will relay yeah um so i really like that obviously you know that we like the pods yeah and I'm interested to see, like, I... F- Filmmaker? I s- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me too. I think that's so neat. Like, I saw the, like... Because she had posted on her Instagram story about needing people mm-hmm. for filming. And She's was, actually filming this, this weekend. upcoming weekend. So yeah. I'll have to ask her about that, too. Yeah, so. because I, like, sent it to Megan, and I was like, should you be in it? And then I'm going to do the hair and makeup yeah. for it, because that's what like, she needed. It's like, I gotta go. This is what we're going to do for your birthday, right? I'm going to just go. I'm going to go be in it. Yeah. fly to Oklahoma that's fine that's where she's from and i'm going to yeah be in this movie except for i'm probably going to be stuck in the stratton building this weekend so it's fine we're not going to manifest that we're going to manifest no. that i'm not going to be stuck in the stratton yeah, building we're going to manifest that you're going to be out doing whatever the heck you want because it's your birthday that weekend. the legislators are going to make a budget and i am going to get out it's yes. going to be fine yes um i also wanted to say because we didn't get to really talk about the like we're, we've talked about the book a little bit but mm-hmm. we don't really get to talk about it in length mm-hmm. um but <clears throat> i really love the way that she writes she writes she writes very similar to similarly to the way that she talks which is very mm-hmm. like flowery and descriptive which isn't like some people would say that like in a negative way but i actually yeah. mean it in a really positive way yeah and i was like just rereading the first couple pages because <clears throat> Jacqueline just because i have the because i'm a nurse so i have the kindle version <laughs> and i have a physical <laughs> copy um so i was rereading the first couple pages just to like re-familiarize myself with the story because I haven't read it um, since she wrote it. Yeah. Which was like seven years ago or something like wow. that. Wow. At this point. Yeah, because it came out. Yeah. Well, it came out during Porch Club. So like what we were trying, mm-hmm. we were trying to figure out if that was like 2016, 2017. Yeah. So, and I read it then. I read it. I read the Kindle version then, and then I bought the physical copy, like last year or something. Yeah, just because I wanted to have a physical copy of it because I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I was trying well, to Google it, you guys, and my phone keeps autocorrecting things. It was about the time <laughs> when we were going to, we were like thinking about doing it for book club, and I wanted to have it for the mm. interview. Yeah, when the interview was going to be mostly about that, but yeah. Now we have so many things to talk about. So yeah, but I I I love it. I love um, yeah, just like the descriptions. She had this thing she had written on her Instagram that was like the start of a story that was about this woman getting divorced. I think she just did it for like an exercise for like NaNoWriMo or something. This is like before she went back to school. And I was I like read it and I was because there are more of this because I really like mm-hmm. am very interested in it. And I'm wondering if she ended up using that as part of this because it reminds me of that. Yeah. Or if she used the basis of this to, like, jumpstart that, which was <coughs> more of, like, a modern-day story. And it was very short. Like, it was, yeah. like, 
I mean, enough that you could read it on an Instagram post. Yeah. But I had, like, it's like a beginning of a chapter, and then I had, like, a recipe, but, like, a fake recipe. Oh, yeah. Like, the, like, recipe for, mm-hmm. like, a single girl or something, and it was, yeah. like, a bottle of beer, like, from the bottle, or, like, like, a cold beer drink from the bottle and, like, yeah. things like that. That's fun. I just remember about this, She when she's talking about getting dressed, mm-hmm. and, like, the white, like lacy flowy dress yeah. and like the ribbon and uh-huh. then the flowers and everything like that scene stands that scene seven years later still yeah. like stands out like perfectly in my mind yeah. that and then all the stuff that happens like when she goes out at night like, yeah and she meets would you say his name is finley finley i think is it phineas i don't think it's phineas no maybe it is finley you just read it i don't yeah now i'm second guessing it's myself Scott. but i know it's not phineas yeah Finn something. I know she called yeah. him Finn. Ah. There you go. And then the other guy is Andrew. Yeah. Cause in, and then it's Christopher and, then, and Matthew? Mark. Luke John. <laughs> no. The no. guy, the musician. No. Jonathan? No. James? James. 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 Because the one, yeah, because the older one is actually Jonathan she ends up with ah yes that's right that's right well christopher's the husband christopher's the husband sarah's and then there's james and then there's finn and then jonathan Jonathan. yes that's who andrew is the friend yeah of finn yeah that's who charlotte charlotte i'm like the girl lottie Lottie. girl in the past Uh i'm like what is her name her great great grandma yeah great grandma and then Sarah is the girl in the present, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because Grandma Lottie is in the book. Mm-hmm. That's because, and that's who owns Idlewild. We're yeah. talking about, about, he's like, what even is Idlewild? I'm like, it's a place, it's a house. Yeah. Also, there is a street in Chatham that's yeah. called Idlewild. It's not spelled exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, I like, think I've seen it. Yeah, when you're yeah. coming, if you come from Woodside Road. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's like a big sign for it. Yeah. And I always mean to. I'll have to take a picture sometime this week. Yeah, <clears throat> and post it. But I always, I always think about her because uh-huh. I'm like, oh, that's fun. It's not like I said, it's not spelled exactly the same way, but yeah. But yeah, and then I randomly said Posh Wild when we were talking about yeah. Idle Wild, and Jacqueline <laughs> doesn't even know what a Posh Wild is. Posh Wild is a cocktail mm. that her. I'm gonna say significant other because I don't know what status the relationship is at at this point. Mm-hmm. Um created like for her and it's gin which is gross but mm-hmm. and i think soda water and a strawberry and a sprig of lavender nice mm-hmm. that's it's cute. posh wild i like it because that's what somebody like described her as which i kind of think is like the perfect mm-hmm. description of her because she's very like classy and put together but she's mm-hmm. also got a little bit of like a free yeah. spirit streak in her especially like porch club on like yeah post divorce from the guy that she was married to mm-hmm. when she was in doing odd man out so yeah <clears throat> i like it yes so i guess so. this is where we'll transition yeah into the interview yeah i'm really excited you guys for you to hear it yes hi friends today we have elizabeth ray with us she is one of my most favorite people and i'm gonna nerd out this whole podcast <laughs> while we talk to her um, you guys will know her because she is one of the three um, podcasters who started Odd Man Out, 
which was the impetus for our show. So hi, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for coming hi. on. Hi. It's my pleasure. It's been a long time since I podcasted, especially with other people. So this is really <laughs> exciting and fun. It's a throwback. Good, good. I also apologize for my voice. I went to a Taylor Swift dance party on Saturday and my voice still hasn't recovered. So, you know, 35 doesn't treat you as well as 22 did. So <laughs> I bet that was worth it. Oh, it was so worth it. It was so amazing. <laughs> We were surrounded by 16-year-olds. It was incredible. (laughs) (laughs) So, Elizabeth, how did you get started with podcasting? How did Odd Man Out come about? Yeah. uh, So I did not listen to podcasts at all. Um, But my friend Sarah, of course, who did Odd Man Out and Porch Club and Disney Princess Deathmatch with me was listening a lot. And she was listening particularly to the Story Wonk podcast. And she was like, oh my God, you have to listen to this. We have to do it. So I did start listening and I was like, no, I like it. It's fun. But I don't think we can do a podcast together because we don't have anything in common. (laughs) And so that's how we started thinking about like, well, what would we podcast about? Mm -hmm. And so we got this idea for Odd Man Out, which is like two of the friends like a thing, but the other friend either knows nothing about it or hasn't heard of it. So we can kind of like bring something new to everybody else's attention. And it ended up being a ton of fun from day one. It really surprised me. But I was definitely dragging my feet. I was the one saying no when (laughs) she and Alan were completely in. You were the odd man out. You were the original odd man out. <laughs> I was the original odd man out. I was, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I'm glad they talked me into it, though. It was a fun time. Yeah, I love that show so much. I, It felt like you were just hanging out with a bunch of friends. Well, three friends, I guess, to be particular. But listening to you guys, I felt like I was in the room with you guys, just like having conversations. And when I first started listening to it, you guys were probably five or six episodes in at that point. And I was listening to it, and you guys did... Did Dashboard Confessional, which was incredible. You did oh my God, Buffy yeah. <laughs> and you did like Harry Potter right away. And those are like three of my most favorite things. And I was like, did I just find my wow. people? <laughs> That's hilarious. Did we do Dashboard so early? That's you did. That's it was in the first me. like 10, wow. I think. Oh my God. Wow. That's wild. <laughs> That's funny. I actually bought like the, like a Dashboard Confessional album the other day to listen to it. And I was like, I can't enjoy this anymore. Oh, I no. sent it back. <laughs> I was like, this isn't aged with me. That's I'm fair. glad that I was there in the moment when it happened, yeah. but I don't need it now in my life. <laughs> I love that. So what were your some of your favorite parts about doing Odd Man Out? Uh, well, I always like trying something new. So that was great because at the time I had like two little bitty kids and I spent a lot of time at home talking to infants you know and even my daughter who is the oldest was still like seven I think so it was great to just be talking with grown-ups about something (laughs) and the truth is I had right yeah (laughs) so I had just like forgotten about the things that I like and why I like them and why I enjoy even like talking to people and I had forgotten that I could make people laugh and so it was just this really exciting time to be like oh no I'm a grown-up person that has opinions about things and I like to try something new and it doesn't all have to be you know blues clues every morning (laughs) so yeah (laughs) so what would you say some of the challenges were especially as like a fledgling podcast at the time Oh, uh, well, first of all, we that we had some, you know, creative differences from the beginning about I, I am kind of a perfectionist. I'm a little bit type A and my cohorts were not so much. 
So at first it was like, okay, but you do have to talk into the microphone though, you know, yeah. things like that. And just like, so those were the biggest like hurdles that we mm-hmm. got to. It was just like learning. Um, at the time, my good friend Randy was uh, like producing for us and he taught me a lot that I'm trying to remember right now, even as I go, especially like the main thing he taught me that I really remembered is that if you don't know what you're going to say, stop talking for a minute. Let there be silence because I can cut that and edit it so easily. But if you talk around the thing Mm -hmm. for seven minutes, I'm not going to know how to get back to the point (laughs) of what you're actually saying. So I think about that a lot. And then I realize certain verbal tics that I have or that everybody has, you really learn your verbal tics like immediately. So I learned that before I say anything, I do this sound, which is terrible. (laughs) And now I know what it looks like as a waveform. I'm like, oh, there's that sound I made. I did it again. So a lot of it is just that, like learning what you sound like to other people and uh, things you go back to over and over again. And that can be kind of fun, though, especially when you have a group of listeners and then you end up having all these inside jokes together, Mm -hmm. you know, like old high school friends or something, which is really fun. Yeah. So we just did another show. We did like a mini series on Daisy Jones and the Six because we were both big fans of the book. Yeah. So we did like a talk back about the... um, the Amazon miniseries and this show that we have like this pod is it's not huge you know we have probably like 200 listeners you know we're from Springfield Illinois we're you know but we're in PR affiliate so we you know we think it's cool I know I saw that that's so exciting (laughs) good for you thank you we have some really good friends regular listeners is a lot that's great yeah um so we got this we started doing this other show and it's a super popular topic so it caught on and we were getting like a lot of listeners, but people are yeah. so mean and they will point out every single thing that's Honey. wrong with every single thing that you say. They're, they're like, they say like too much and they do this and they do that. And I remember you guys, I can't remember if you were talking about it in Porch Club or if you were talking about it at the very Probably beginning. Club. We were very real. You in were Club. <laughs> at the very beginning of Disney villain deathmatch, but you were talking about princess mm-hmm. deathmatch and about how people were so mean. I I get that now. It's true. The internet is the wild west. Yeah. Jacqueline just got here. She just got out of rehearsal. Oh, that's wonderful. Hi. I was wondering. At first I was afraid. I was like, are we having mic problems? Hi. (laughs) Hello. Do you want to join us? You two are so cute on Instagram. It kills me. Oh, my God. So after I'm in out, you did Porch Club and Princess Deathmatch. Kind of incongruent, right? Even though you had previously recorded princess deathmatch i think that porch club and deathmatch were maybe dropping at about the same time i'm gonna be straight with you i do not remember (laughs) that sounds right yeah Yeah. but i yeah we were recording a lot at that time because i was also doing my black sales podcast right uh and then a little bit later on i was doing a podcast with alistair too and then at some point daphne and i started another podcast so i do not remember when what came to be (laughs) honest like i know it was odd man out first and i know it was porch club Nope, I don't even know that it was second. But that's the one that's like in my memory as like the strongest. Yeah. That's the one that really got a community of people as opposed to just listeners. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about well, Porch Club. I guess Odd Man Out had that too. But I think Odd Man Out definitely I think the the community formed around Odd Man Out and then followed you guys to Porch Club. Yes, I think that's yeah. right. I think that's right. And then yeah. Disney Princess Deathmatch was its own thing because we got all kinds of listeners that had far and away more listeners than the other podcasts. But 
yeah, the, the mean people that you don't know. They're just right. like, oh my God, stop laughing so loud. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, we're having fun. If you're not having fun, maybe don't listen. That would be okay. Yeah. That's what we say to people. Right? Right. If you don't like it, don't listen. Definitely. Cost okay. zero dollars yeah. to mind your own business. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So let's talk a little bit about a little bit about Porch Club and how it differed sure. from what you guys were doing with Odd Man Out. Yeah, Porch Club was so different, and I wish I could remember like its genesis, and I I don't quite because there was just so much happening in my life at the at the time. Like, because not only was I leaving my marriage, mm-hmm. but I was realizing that I was going to have to rethink my entire relationship with the church and my faith too. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know at all how to do that, how to do either of the things, honestly. Um, and it was just kind of a, a way of processing through some of that while also just doing more of what I was talking about earlier with Odd Man Out, just like trying to find out who I am and what I like. Cause like, I just didn't remember anymore. Cause that's one of the things about specifically like that kind of Bible Belt conservative Christian church is there's not really space to be a person. You're sure you're on a mission and mm-hmm. you're doing a thing. Mm-hmm. So I just had to spend a lot of time <laughs> unpicking that and figuring out who I was and what I wanted to do, what I liked to do. And Porch Club was a place to do that, but it was also a place to drink a lot mm-hmm. and get a little silly. Mm-hmm. And that was some of the most fun that we had. It was like we would start with a fairly serious topic for like 11 minutes <laughs> and then we're who knows where. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we always made each other laugh. I feel like there were some tears too. I think we cried a couple of times on that. And uh, then we got we started doing porch club cues, which was when people would ask us questions. And that's when we started to get to know kind of like who was listening to us. And we would find people, I I often still think about doing, um, you know, DJ Corbin Mm -hmm. names. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They still come to my mind sometimes. I'm like, Oh, that would be a good one. So uh, it was really its own thing. And it was, I, we ended up taking it off the airwaves I say mm-hmm. like it's you know 1952 but we ended up taking it off the internet because it was just so specific to that time in my life mm-hmm. that having it out there now feels really scary and gross like like having my diary pasted somewhere sure. you know like it was important at the time and I'm really glad that we did it that way yeah but it made exes really uncomfortable obviously yeah <laughs> and <laughs> And it just seemed like gauche to have it up forever. And mm-hmm. also, I didn't want my kids to be able to get old enough mm-hmm. to go and listen to me talking smack about their dads. I'm like, sure. that sound good or healthy. Yeah. So we just took it down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I will say I loved it. It was so I was also going oh, through like a you. weird period of my life at that point because I just moved back from school. I'd been back. and I was like trying to figure out who I was. I was I yeah. was married, but like didn't hadn't made like post high school post college friends yet and so it's like listening to you guys and you guys even think talked about that at one point like how do you make friends as an adult and you guys were just doing a lot of the same things like I Sarah and I are the same age so like I felt like I was like going through life with you guys at that point like you were figuring out who you were and I was figuring out who I was and so it was I feel like it was a very important show and I was very happy when you shared you. the files with me afterwards for a little bit because I was just like, oh yeah every once in a while I would just pull them back <laughs> oh, this was like my, I told you I was like that was like my happy place so just like go back and like listen to them when I was having like a rough day and things like that yeah. we were actually talking about what did you wanted to fight about something you just wanted to fight I just somebody wanted to fight somebody and I, I was telling her in one of the episodes you and Sarah you were you were frustrated about something and and you were like 
And Sarah said, do you just want to fight? You're like, yeah, I just feel like I want to fight somebody. And Sarah's like, I will always fight with you. And I told her that. I was like, I will always fight with you if you just need to fight, which is a lie because we are terrible no, at fighting. You should never fight with each other. Uh, yeah, maybe not. That's hilarious. But I think, I think it was a very important thing that you did. And I'm really Thank happy you. that you did the show. Thank you. We got some really wonderful feedback and like emails and even like handwritten letters from that show that th there were some people that it really moved and touched. And there were a few women that got out of bad situations because of it. That's yeah. incredible. And so I'll always remember that, too, even yeah. when I think, oh, I maybe shouldn't have done that. And maybe that was, <laughs> you know, just not the best choice I could have made at the time yeah. of my life. I think, you know, even if it was just one person that right. helped get out, but it helped a few that I know about and I'm guessing more that I don't know about Definitely. because yeah. for every you know hundred listeners you hear from two so right right it's yeah. yeah right I'm very proud of it even if it's you know locked away in its little time capsule <laughs> <laughs> definitely something to be proud of thank um, you let's talk a little bit about the Disney shows the Disney princess deathmatch and yeah. Disney villain deathmatch so I know Princess Deathmatch came about because people were – you had, like, I think jokingly mentioned it on OMO once, and then you had set it as a Patreon goal, I think, and then – That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. So you did the, like, <laughs> ranking then, and then I think for villains you did the brackets because you were like, people are mean, so we're going to do it this way, and this is our show, and this is how we're going to do it. And we're like, yep, that's, that's our that's OMO for everything. Yeah. We're going to do it this way yeah. because we like it that way. Yeah. You have to just let yourself be subjective, know mm -hmm. that you're a subjective person. And like the, the internet doesn't, the internet's not your friend. You right? know what I mean? But sometimes they think that they are. Mm -hmm. And so they can like talk smack to you like friends do. Like, mm -hmm. no, we don't have that relationship, you know? <laughs> I, one of, there's this really funny, like I never watched, do you know what the Polygon people, does that? This is another like, this is something that the Odd Man Out people like Sarah and Alan and Alistair like all listened to this Polygon group or whatever. It's like gamers and stuff. Okay. But there's this one guy. Yeah. And so it's just stuff I don't follow. I don't know. Like lots of Pokemon things. I don't know. But anyway, um, there's this kid who's like really popular. He has all these YouTube videos. And he's like, what do you think of my mustache? Do you like it? If you don't, I can shave it. I'm just kidding. We're not friends and you have no control over my body. <laughs> retweet that a lot because you just get a lot of like unsolicited advice and and opinions and you have to just have a really thick skin and a real good sense of yourself which of course part of the whole thing with porch club was that i didn't have a good sense of myself so it was really hard to take some of those hard things but i don't even remember now the comments on disney princess deathmatch that's funny just that people, oh my god you're wrong about everything I'm like right. okay that's fine <laughs> I think it's no how opinions. we started it, where it's like this this is a tromp through two women's opinions. Like we're right. just talking about things yeah. that we like. So right. there's exactly. no... that's our whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Thanks. It makes it much more fun that way. You have to at yeah. least have fun yourself. Exactly. That's yeah. what we say. And we have the most fun because we think we're yeah, very we funny. think we're hilarious. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it that's matter. great. Yeah. Well, and then you do, you have those people who feel like they're hanging out with friends, because right. if you're not having fun the whole time, then it's like listening to, you know, NPR or something, exactly. which can be lovely, but it's not the same. Right. That's right. not what people go to that kind of show for. Right. Yeah. That's not our vibe. No. <laughs> we are not Terry Gross. That. We are not Good. serious. <laughs> yeah. 
You just have so much fun, though. I, was saying, I don't listen to almost any podcasts ever, so I haven't heard very many of your episodes, but I watch you guys on Instagram all the time, and I think <laughs> you're so flipping cute. Thank you. It's just so adorable. Thank you. That's we life have... now. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, so you guys had quite, you and Daphne had quite a bit of, of success with Fathoms Deep. You guys got to do a bunch of yeah. really cool stuff. You got to interview, you know, some of the people that were on the show. Let's talk about that yeah. and the journey that Fathoms Deep took. Sure. So that was another really important one for me personally, because when I started watching the show, I was still like very conservative Christian. And I remember having opinions in the first episodes about, you know, that, that were very strident conservative opinions and by the end of it i'm like i'm gay and (laughs) it was just this huge like just crazy journey for me anyway so it's already a really emotional space and it was really weird to think about we were not very many episodes in before we started getting tweeted at by the creators i think like maybe the first or two like first one or two which was just lucky it wasn't just lucky like we were putting out a good show Mm -hmm. but it was also lucky because nobody else happened to be watching at the time because stars was just rebranding. They were just starting to do something different. They were coming off the heels of, I think it was called Rome or Sparta or I don't remember which one, but it was like boobs and blood. And that's mm-hmm. what stars was known for. And that's exactly how black sales was pitched. It was like by Michael Bay. And you're like, ew, gross. I don't want to watch this. No. <laughs> and then it turns out, no, this is like a very progressive and a queer story. Like I just wrote a paper on it for my queer theory class. In fact, because still people just aren't talking about how important that show was for visibility. But, uh, just a few days in a few episodes in rather, we were getting tweeted out by the writer, and we're like, oh, shit, okay, cool, wow. <laughs> Sweating a little bit, but that's so neat. And then one of the guys, um, if, if you ever watched the show, um, Jack Rackham is the character, and Toby Schmitz is the actor, um, and he started listening in his earbuds when he was at the gym doing the show, which is insane, yeah, right, yeah. to think about. Yeah. And all of the actors are just basically at summer camp in South Africa, just like hanging out, you know, so they don't have anything to do. So it's like, oh, you guys should listen to this podcast. These people are like watching the show that we're making, which nobody else was doing. You know what I mean? Like they get it is essentially. So then everybody started listening to us, which was flipping scary. I'll tell you what, because we were we didn't know. Because, you know, it takes a while. You you record the episode, and it's weeks later before that thing is actually getting out there. So we're talking about people like they're not real people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How you talk about actors. Oh, my God, his teeth are weird or whatever. You're like, And then you get to know, like, actual actors. And it changed the way that I talk and think about actors because – I realize now, like, okay, you're not merchandise I can buy at the store. Right. You're a human person who's trying to make art for me. <laughs> so it really was wild in, in that sort of – we were so fortunate to get to talk to all of them. And they were just – every one of them, extraordinary people, really rich thinkers and creators and artists. And they thought so deeply about what they were doing and they cared so deeply about what they were doing. And it was just – I, I pinch myself all the time. Like, I can't believe that we got that opportunity. It was so lucky. And maybe we'll get to do it again. They're coming up with a 10-year anniversary, I think. And I think the oh, last cool. time we talked to them was during COVID. So yeah. that's not too long ago. No. Like, we all got back together. Mm-hmm. So you never know. That's cool. I like it. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. The last question we have for the podcasting section. We're not, we're not done sure. yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I'm going to keep you forever. Um <laughs> 
is, can I just say, which was the last show that you and Daphne did yeah. before you took your, what I'm calling a podcasting hiatus because I'm hoping you're coming back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say it was just an excuse to talk about whatever we wanted to because we would have so many ideas. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's hilarious, by the way, because when I knew I was going to come on your show, I was like, I need to listen to one of their podcasts again because mm-hmm. I listened to like their first three or four episodes mm-hmm. when you guys started. And then, like I said, I, ne- I don't listen to podcasts okay. at all, period. Alistair always has one earbud in and he's listening to eight <laughs> different shows and I'm just, I just don't. So I was catching back up just to get like a vibe of, you know, how y'all talk mm-hmm. to each other and how the show runs and I was like oh my god Bull Durham I'm gonna listen to this one and then you mentioned like (laughs) listening to the can I just say it I was like oh my god that's wild that's right we did do that so yeah it was just a fun time to talk about whatever floated our boat at the time but Mm -hmm. we got I, that's where I realized how much I love E.M. Forrester. It's one of the reasons I decided to go to university, to go to back to, to go back to college. I said go back to college, not back, to go to college at all for the first time for me was because I loved like reading these classic literature books or even just watching a good movie or TV show mm-hmm. and really start breaking it down like analytically and critically and thinking about character development and about like the style that the writers have and why something moves me in a certain way and why certain adaptations work so beautifully and why some of them absolutely don't. Mm-hmm. Even ones that are like totally faithful line by line mm-hmm. don't feel like the thing, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And I still find that fascinating and nobody's talking about it. I thought I would go into academics and find like all of these like schools of thought about mm-hmm. why people think, you know, that certain things work and don't. Apparently, that's that's why they sometimes don't work because nobody knows. It just no, <laughs> nobody seems to get it or know how to do it very well. So, yeah, that was a lot of that was a lot of fun though, and a lot of like, it was intellectually stimulating in a really fun way. That was I really enjoyed that one quite a bit too. And you actually introduced me some, to some stuff that I wasn't familiar with. I found it because I follow you and everything that you do, but like I wasn't mm-hmm. listening to it on a regular basis. And then when you guys did the um, Oh, what do you call it? The Baz Luhrmann triptych. The, oh, yeah. The Red Curtain triptych. The I was Red like, Curtain trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Or triptych or whatever so it is. So yeah. excited to listen to that. So I listened to those three. And I loved it, of course. And I loved the chemistry that you and Daphne had. Because I didn't listen to Black Sails because I haven't watched the show. Or Fathom Steve. Completely fine. Yeah. Um, but listening to you and Daphne was so fun. So I went back and started from the beginning and listened to all of it. And That's it's sweet. A really, really great show. I really enjoyed it as well. And the chemistry with you and Daphne is so different than the chemistry between you and Sarah. So it was like so fun different. to see a different like vibe come out, but still like mm-hmm. just as good, just different vibes. That's so great. Speaking of literature, let's talk about Idlewild. Let's ask your questions <laughs> since you got to make it. Yeah. On here. for the show. Yeah. Let me see. Okay. And Jacqueline just finished uh, blah, 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 just finished Idlewild, by the way, too. I did. So. I finished it like two days ago. Oh my god! Wow. I was tempted to like. Alistair was like, "Are you gonna read it again?" And like, I said, "No, I am not." <laughs> oh, you should. It's so I'm beautiful. Sh- it is. I'm gonna- oh, thank no, you. Gonna- oh, the book. I was like, I don't need to be that close. It's fine. No, I was just gonna show her that. Oh, uh, I still <laughs> love the cover. I, I think do it's too. really gorgeous. It is really pretty. Thank I also you. really love the font. It's like not your typical. Thank yeah. you. I font. felt really bad when I was reading it because it's Georgia I had just finished eating lunch and I tried to wash my hands, but then I was like touching it. I was like, oh my gosh, my fingerprints all over this book. I was like dropping them off. I got it. It's, oh, because that's of good. Yeah. That's because because a sign of a well loved yeah. book. I was panicking because I was like, this is Megan's book. Oh my god. It's okay. It's not that serious. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. I will buy another <laughs> no, one. <I> know. <laughs> 
Fun. I'll get my 30 cents from Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> So I had talked with her yesterday um, when we did the intro to this episode that I really, really liked it. And I liked, like, this sounds bad, but I liked how short it was. Thank you. No, I, yeah, I appreciate that, actually. The story, it didn't need to be 100 pages longer, 100 pages longer. Yeah. Like, it didn't need it. You ha- you did everything that we needed in that short amount of time. And I really, mm-hmm. really enjoyed that, like, because mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm not like a history person, so anytime people are like back in time, it's not usually my favorite thing. So I'm like, I don't want to yeah, spend a whole lot of time fair. here, but it didn't feel like that when I was reading mm. it. So that was really fun. Um, but I have very like specific questions, <laughs> just a couple of them. Sure. No, go for it. Yeah. Um, but like broader ones too. What because it's like the nineteen tens and then it's now-ish or that you know, that kind of thing. Like why Yeah, sure. How did why did you decide to do it like that way and not like we're just going to talk about this generally like why was it so like specifically yeah. juxtaposed like that I think the reason's really simple and it's that I really like those kinds of stories like I remember still going to see Titanic in theaters and like I love this old lady telling me the story and then we like flashback and I just thought it was beautiful and there are a couple of other books um at the time, I had read uh, The Winter Sea, which is Susanna Kearsley, and it's framed in, this, in, in that kind of way. Like, there's this writer who's out in Scotland, and she has, like, these dreams and memories of things that happened in, like, the 1700s. Uh, I tried to like Outlander, but did not. But, <laughs> you know, I, I – but that kind of idea, I just – it always resonated with me, and I like that you get to explore certain things about human characters that are just always the same. You know, yeah, uh, and particularly, I think, with generations of women, I just thought that that was really interesting. So the original conception for the book was like this huge tome that had like five generations, and I just couldn't find it. I just couldn't find like a through line that I wanted. And then when I started writing it, I thought I was going to write all of. I, I thought they were going to be equal length for the characters that were set in like the more modern time and the characters that were set in the, in the 1910s. And it just didn't write that way. It ended up having just like these little bitty glimpses of what it was like for the woman who is in the modern time. And when I, that's one of the reasons the book is so short because I had anticipated having another half Mm -hmm, that was just more of this other stuff. And it just never felt right. Like I just didn't feel like we needed it or wanted it. And then I got, some good advice I think to just cut all the modern stuff and not have it but I stuck to my guns and kept it I'm not sorry that I did but that's like the main critique when the book gets a critique it's like what are we doing over here in the like nobody cares about this old lady just start in chapter three which is fair but just not how I wanted to do it I like the I I like the I'm glad you did I feel like it really connects especially when you get to the end it just all really connects together to one whole piece so I think what you did worked. I'm glad. Yeah, I really yeah. liked it. Good. Uh, Thank you. There's no accounting for taste of the other thing. And that's why sometimes you just have to stick to your guns. It's like, no, not everybody will like it. But some people will love it. And that's worth more, more to me. You know, if you're a little bit bored, you can skip. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I do that with books all the time. I'm like, this part is boring. I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. Like, oh, la, la, la. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so, like, what this is also, like. I don't know, but um, (laughs) 
like research wise like going into mm. that like what what put you back in like 1910s just like the way that the relationships had to work or just because or like how did that yeah just honestly just the aesthetic I loved it so much I just love the because I would see it in my head when I was thinking about the book like watching a movie so when I'm thinking about these characters and what they're wearing like that's just what I wanted I wanted that like full Gibson girl hair and the empire waist dresses and that that idea of like we're just getting past like the olden times and into modernity you know like there are carriages next to like the first cars in the roads I just thought that that was really interesting anyway um and then I yeah like the architecture that I like and the artwork that like Art Nouveau and which is a little bit later I suppose but I just I like that time period a lot and so the advice that I had gotten about writing a book was write the book that you want to read so I was like well I would want to read about this time and so that's the time I picked yeah that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) I love hearing you say that like you were you could like see it like a movie and you wanted to write it like a movie because I feel like the and I talked about this in our we our little blurb we did before the interview um that it's just your writing is so descriptive like i said and i mean this Mm. with so much love but it's like the like flowery very like descriptive way that you speak is how you write like it's very like you are all over that book flowery is something i get a lot (laughs) i mean that with love and not and i and i know like i think that that's why it's in my head because i've heard you say it about other people saying it about you but it it, like it just fits so well like you have such beautiful (laughs) words that they're like yeah so I feel like you Thank are you. all over that book. Like, I, I can just see you all over it. Well, what I know of you, I told her. And I was like, I'm going to talk to her like I know her. And I'm going to freak her out so bad because I feel like no, I know you. No, it's okay. I've gotten used to that part. Okay. No, because that is true. Because we didn't, especially with Porch Club, like, people who listened all the way through Porch Club and all the way through Odd Man Out, and, all, and especially all the way through Fathom Deep 2, do know me, actually. I don't know you, but <laughs> you do probably know me pretty well. So that's okay. That doesn't weird me out. Okay. It's just like, just kind of part of it. Like I just, I, I was very much myself for many, 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 many hours on yes, podcasts. Yes, yes, you were. So, yeah. <laughs> so what made you want to write a novel? I always thought I was going to write, I think. And when I had read, there were a couple of books that I had read. One of them was that Winter Sea. And one of them, it's funny, it's books that now I don't think I would enjoy very much anymore. Um, uh, Another one was called The Forgotten Garden. Um, I can't think of her name right off the top of my head. She's an Australian writer who's also really lovely. Uh, But they were, and hers also, I think, jumped between modern and, and this like Victorian era or something. And I enjoyed them so much that, I, like, I would go to find books to read. I'd be like, this isn't as good as I want it to be. Like, this isn't the book that I want mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be reading. Uh, and it just seemed like the next thing to do for me to go ahead and finally try to write a book. Like, I had started writing a book right out of high school, which is insane. Oh, wow. That never, you know, I got, like, seven chapters in, which is still quite a lot, actually, for, you know, being 18 years old or whatever it was. And... I don't know. It was just, like I said, I had little kids at the time. So the idea where I could like go into the room and shut the door for three <laughs> hours and just like disappear into this little world at my keyboard seemed really great to me. Uh, and that uh, happened pretty quickly. Like I drafted that novel really quickly. When I think about it now, it seems 
crazy. Like, it seems like I couldn't do it again. I hope that I could and will, but it, I, it was the thing to do right then. I, I, that sounds silly. I don't know how, how to put it, but it was just I had decided I wanted to write a book. And I think it was that book right away. That is cool. You're talking to people that are like, no, this is the thing that I'm going to do. We just, yeah. we're like, no, we're going to have a podcast and here we are yeah. three years later. I'm like we still it. have yeah. it. Like it's very cool. Sometimes you just know yeah. like the time's just right. Yeah. So what was the process from, you know, writing in your bedroom to getting it published and having it out for people to not? Yeah. Yeah. Not very much. Uh, the first thing I did, which I would definitely recommend to anyone is I found some people who I thought had good taste and, and people who I thought would like it, which is also important to read it for me. Like, don't hand it to somebody who only reads hard sci-fi. Like, right. <laughs> give it to your audience and sure. see if your audience likes it and what they have to say. Um, so I did that first and got everybody's feedback. So I understood like, what was working and what was really moving. And there weren't really a lot of huge edits, but there were some. Um, and I, I can't remember them right off the top of my head now. Uh, and then just there's certain things that I found out, and this is advice I would give to anyone too, is that if there's a line you don't like, cut it because you will hate it forever and you will only hate it more. So if there's anything where you're like, oh, no, but it's fine. It's not fine. Just get rid of it. Just let it go. Um, and then... Because of the length, I knew that going the traditional publishing route would be unlikely because a traditional publisher would say, this is great. We want 200 more pages. And I really didn't want to do that. I just didn't want to. And then the other reason was because I was going through the divorce at the time. And my ex, as I was doing, I was, was saying, you wrote that when we were married and I will get half of the profits no matter what. And so stubbornly, I was like, well, then I'm going to put it on Amazon for basically free, <laughs> which is what I did. Um, I, and I think also this is something very true to me. It's like when I'm over something, I'm over it. Like it was done. I didn't want to spend the next three years trying to make other people like it, fighting about what the cover should look like, fighting about those 200 extra pages or about getting rid of the um, the stuff that's in the modern time. I was just ready to have it out there. And I had a lot of people who were really supportive and who wanted to read it, you know, my listeners for the podcasts. And I wanted to get it in their hands as easily as possible, too. So self-publishing on Amazon meant that anybody could get it for $2 on their Kindle or for $7. Was it 7 I don't remember exactly how much it was for the paperback. But, like, a reasonable price in a couple of days. And so that's just the decision I made. So why Idlewild? Why the title or why the book? Why the title? That's a good question. I would also give advice to not title your book something that's hard to spell. <laughs> Fair. Uh, but I know that now. Whoops. Um, so there was a street in a neighborhood where my daughter's daycare was that was called Idlewild. And I thought it was just the most beautiful word I'd ever heard. And then I learned it was a city or a town, I suppose, in uh, California where they had like timber industry. And I had always thought that if I had the kind of house that I wanted with the kind of gardens that I wanted, that I would call it Idlewild because I just thought that the word was so beautiful. And so I, th I think 
that was one of the words I had right away. Like maybe even before I had names, I had like the name of this estate and this place and this house. And it really surprised me that for most of the book, the character didn't live there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I suppose that's why I spent a lot of time on Pinterest looking for inspiration for like what that house would look like. And I always knew that it would have ivy and it would have lots of natural stone and yeah. Yeah. I think I would probably have titled the book differently, but I would have kept the name of the estate the same. I like it. I think, I think it works for the whole story, yeah. but she was telling me the other day and I was re- remembering that there's a street yeah. in our neighborhood called Idolama. Yeah. It's spelled, it's spelled it's slightly, slightly differently, differently, but yeah. <laughs> but it's See, there. that's the thing. Yeah. It's the spelling thing, honestly. It's not even the word, but I was, I am a bartender now, and, which is a ton of fun. I like it so much. Uh, but one of the things we do every season is we all work on the new seasonal cocktails and we're all tasting each other's and fixing them and you just get wasted you can't help it everyone (laughs) is tasting so many things and so we all know it's like part of the thing so we had done one of those and then we all went out to eat afterwards and like the owner of the restaurant and like the guy who creates our bitters are there and they're like oh my god you wrote a book what's it called i'm trying to tell them i'm trying to say the word idlewild while i'm a little bit drunk (laughs) and by that i mean a lot and they're like how do you spell it i'm like um I yell. <laughs> just like too much. So yeah, would title differently. Could I go back? <laughs> right now we're gonna transition into part three, sure. Elizabeth, which is the <laughs> filmmaker, which is yeah. so cool. So you originally went Thank to school you. for literary criticism, right? What made you swerve yeah. into film? Oh my God. So I'm, I signed up for university late and like barely got in, in time to start that semester. And it was just one of these stupid things where they were having some kind of glitch with the way that they were doing their non-traditional students. And I basically never got enrolled. They kept on telling, I was calling them all the time and they're like, no, 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 it's going to be fine. We'll call you. Stop calling us. And I get there day of, and I'm like, you guys, you said not to call you. I'm here. I don't know where my classes are. And they're like, what's what's your student ID? I'm like, you didn't give me one. (laughs) So I'm in this like, uh, what do you call them? An advisor's office. And he's trying to get me into classes and everything is full. So we're trying to figure out like just what's got space that I can sneak into. And so this was just one of the gen eds for like I don't even know what they even call it, like arts and culture or whatever they call it. I don't even know. But it was like you just have to have a certain amount of of general education courses. And one of them was intro to film studies. And I was like, oh, that's great because, you know, I did like these podcasts about movies. So I'll just do that one. And I was like maybe three classes in before I was like, okay, I'm going to have a double major. I want to do this too. I didn't want to change my major, but I wanted to at least double it. So I started doing that and I – BSed my way into a class I wasn't supposed to be in. So I got to skip the intro course because I went to a couple and I was like, this is great. But what I really want to do is this like, you're going to make a movie from start to finish. It's going to be like four minutes long, but you're going to make it from start to finish in this class. So I wrote an email to the professor was like, hey, I'm not 18 years old. I have made other things. I won't waste your time. Mm -hmm. Will you let me in this class? And I promise I'll do the intro class later. And he was like, ah yeah come on in there's only like eight students anyway so what's it gonna hurt so I jumped in there and that's when I first started trying to write screenplays which is a totally different 
way to write, like totally different. Um, and tried like three or four different ideas and things kept falling apart and falling apart. And I ended up writing this little two-hander that Alistair and I acted in and this girl in my class filmed the whole thing. And at the end of the semester, I had a little movie and I was like, I'm going to do this. Awesome. That's <laughs> like, so cool. I really enjoy it. It's so much fun. And the thing about writing a book is that it's you in front of your keyboard. And like for me, I, like I had a playlist and I had a specific scented candle that was like peony scented. And I had like all these peonies in my book. And it was like this space that was just me and my coffee and my imagination. But that's a lonely place too, which for me, I needed that because again, my kids were so little and my husband was a dick. So I didn't want to hang out with him. <laughs> But now I like the people in my life and I want to spend time with them. So the idea of like closing myself off in my room for three or four hours a day and writing seems lonely and not like a thing that I want to do. But working in film is so collaborative and everybody brings their ideas to the table. But the writer and the director, like they get to cast the vision. They get to like have the dream and then everybody else gets to like help bring the thing to life. So I now I've forgotten what the original question was, but I really like making films. <laughs> you you answered it. I just said, how did you pretty oh, much get from English to yeah. to filmmaking? Yeah. You actually answered a that couple of it. my other ones right off the bat, mm-hmm. too. Um, let's dive a little bit more into the difference between screenwriting and writing a novel. Yeah. Uh, I took three, I think, screenwriting classes, and I learned so much every time. And it was because I also like to write poetry and writing a screenplay is much closer to writing a poem than it is to writing a novel in a lot of ways because you just have to edit yourself way, way, way down. You just can't, unless you're David Lynch, like you just cannot take (laughs) all of this time, who I love, but like you have to, you have to have some serious street cred before people just like, oh no, the scene can take as long as it takes. Like, no, the scene needs to end at page four and then we (laughs) go to a commercial break or whatever it is, you know, depending on what it is that you're writing. So it's very um, regimented and that makes it kind of like solving a crossword puzzle more than it is like just, you know, painting a watercolor or something like you have to be really specific and you have to get things done and you have to be precise. Uh, and it, it means like you have to, we, we love workshopping jokes. Like I have to workshop the joke. I've got to get the joke right. Like it can't be like, Oh, that's almost it. Like it has to be exactly it. And yeah, it's just, it's very specific, I suppose. And It's much more plot driven. I struggle with plot even now. Like Idlewild had a tight plot because I was listening to the Journeyman Writer and Alistair taught me how to do it. (laughs) But otherwise, I would have just been like hanging out in the garden with grandma all day because I just want to talk about how pretty the flower is. And I'm going to come over here and talk about, you know, how pretty this girl is. And so I needed somebody to be like, okay, but what is the inciting incident? Like, what is going to be the thing? What's the, what's your dark moment? What is the time when? And in a screenplay, you have to have all that. And not only do you have to have it, but usually somebody is telling you literally what page number it has to be on. So it's specific. But the thing that I've learned and I'm continuing to learn is that almost no one can do it. That's why we get so frustrated with our favorite TV shows and our favorite and going to watch a movie we're excited about. We're like, ah, they kind of lost it in the ending, or I just didn't believe that these two characters, whatever, or 
because it's flipping hard to do. Like it's really, really difficult to land the emotional moments, to get the humor, to not sell out and to have such a regimented box and still be able to think outside of it and give somebody something new that they haven't seen before. It's really hard to not regurgitate old stories that you've seen. You're like, oh, okay, well, the girl's going to walk out of the coffee shop and she's going to spill her coffee on the guy's sweater and that's going to be how they meet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone has done it a million times, but it's really hard to think of another way to do it because right. that's the way that you've been shown. So it's a really fun challenge, especially because I'm, I'm trying to write like queer stories now. And there aren't a lot of them. And the ones that are out there, I have not yet found to be super great all the time. <laughs> so you have to want it. You know, mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to sit through it because the girls are going to kiss and I'm here for that. Yes. But yes. I, you <laughs> just want the girls to kiss. That's fine. But I, still, I, I do. But I still want like it to be about more than just like, uh, no one understands me. I guess we'll kiss. Sure, which right. is like, I feel like you get a lot of just like general queer trauma and I am tired of that too I'm tired of just seeing you know the lesbian girl gets the shit beaten out of her yeah. or the trans person gets you know murdered in their driveway like yes. I don't want that anymore I want all of the fun and sexiness of Bull Durham and of You've Got Mail but it's queer like can it just be that simple can it just be a safe fun place for us to go where you can just get all the feels that you want and pretend a little bit. It can be fantasy. It doesn't have to imitate reality. Reality flipping sucks. Yes, you it know? does. So that was my soapbox. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> no, you're good. Have you read any Casey McQuiston? No. Okay, so she is a queer author. She writes yeah. queer rom-coms. They're my her most famous one, it was her first one, it was her debut. It's called Red, White, and Royal Blue. It's getting ready to be a movie on Amazon. It comes out in August. Okay. But it is about what happened in a it's, – it's a fantasy world because it's like what would have happened if Hillary Clinton would have won the election? Um, wow. But she is a Latinx woman, and then her son is gay, and he, like, has this weird, like, tiff with the Prince of England – and then they have to go over and, like, pretend to be friends, and they fall in love. Mm -hmm. And it is this, like, super fun rom-com, but it is... Oh, my God. It is so good, because it's, she's, she's saying so much, like, about society, but it's yeah. also just a romp. Yeah. Like, yeah. she does... I love that. ...queer stories so well. She also... She's written two yeah. since then. She wrote one about women, which is kind of crazy, because it's, like... This girl falls in love with this girl that she meets on the subway, um, but she only sees her on the subway, and then you find out mm -hmm. that she's from the 70s? Yeah. Wild. And it doesn't wow. sound okay. like it would work, but it, it does. does. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I yeah. believe you. And you, you're like sobbing wow. by the end of it because you're like so invested. Oh. And then she wrote a rom-com, which is also, or not a rom-com, a YA one, which was also very good. Um yeah, I but, think my daughter read a YA that was similar to the, what did you say, Red, White, and Royal Blue? Yeah. It was yeah. similar to that, but it did not look as adult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what you're talking and about. And Red, White, and Royal Blue is definitely adult. It's definitely got the, like, yeah. steamy yeah. sex scenes, which are very good. They, <laughs> they are. are very good. That's great. Very yeah. Good. Um, Excellent. But, yeah, it's so, 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 so great. So, mm -hmm. if you're looking for some really good queer inspiration, I would highly recommend Casey yeah. McQuiston. 
Okay. Yeah. You'll have to text that to me because I, I will forget yeah. it. So, yeah. <laughs> um. So you are going to be filming something this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, starting on Saturday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We were going to so- come and just audition for you. <laughs> yeah. I saw. I was like, it's my birthday on Saturday. I think you should just let me be in your movie. <laughs> yeah. I saw on your Instagram that and I sent it to her. And she was like, so I'm going to be in it and you're going to do makeup, right? <laughs> Well, I do need background actors, so if you do it down, I would put you Listen, in for sure. Yeah. How quickly can we get there? Um, State needs a budget first, and then I'll go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, budget. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, like, kind of talk about the process of just, like, so you wrote the screenplay for it, and now you're going to get to film yeah. it. Like, talk just, like, about that, I guess. The creation sure. process. So, yes. Yeah. Technically, in December, I graduated my film and media studies program, but I did not go to graduation because I didn't want to have two graduations. And also, the December graduation is a little bit sad. Like, the one in spring is the big one with, like, fireworks and everything. So I needed – I only needed, like, six more credit hours. But because the system is gross, Mm -hmm. I have to have full time if I'm going to keep all of my scholarships and all of my grants, which I absolutely rely on. So I couldn't rest at all. I had to keep on pushing, pushing, pushing. So I was trying to find classes that fit my schedule. And I decided that I would just ask to do an independent study where the thing that I do is just make a short film. And I really, even after four years as a film student, still grossly underestimated just like how much time and attention to detail it takes if you want it to be great. Like you can put something together on a weekend. Anybody Anybody can can with their cell phone. Like don't get me wrong. And that's awesome and empowering and powerful. But if you're thinking about like, no, I want this to stand up at festivals and I want it to get me work and I want somebody to come and say, hey, I want you to come write for me and here's a very fat check to do that, which especially with the writer strike you can see is like it's a very hard thing to get like this is shooting for the moon type of stuff so I was trying to like take a little bit of a breath over the winter break but still in my head I'm just like okay what's the story going to be and initially we're like well we're going to have the script written before school even starts in January absolutely not (laughs) I didn't have the script and I, it took so long because, like, the more you start to do it and the more you want it to be good, the more you can realize, okay, we're not there yet. It's not there yet. It's not there yet. And I still have, like, these index cards that I had that were talking about, like, okay, what do I want it to feel like? What do I want it to do? So I started with words like gasp. I want to make people go, <gasps> and, you know, laugh out loud, you know, and just, like, two thumbs up. Like, I want people to just, like, have <laughs> yeah. fun watching this. You know what I mean? Because, like – Everybody in film school, spoilers, is writing horror. Like, this is what they want to do. Like, it's like fake blood and psychological thriller, which is fun and cool, but just not my jam. It's just not what I do. So, and you also get a lot of, like, art school film bros who are like, oh, rom-com's not a real movie. And that can go eat a dick, too. So I don't know if you're allowed to say on your show. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, like, hold Oh, we say all the things. You're allowed to say say all the things. Okay. Okay, all the things. (laughs) So a lot of it was just being true to what I wanted to do, to to not let myself say, oh, but it needs to be more arty than this, or it needs to be more dramatic than this, because my stories 
just cute. It's cute and it's heartwarming and it's lovely. And that's what I want it to be. But I feel like I'm fighting uphill for that, you know? So getting the script right took a very, very long time because I once I had what I thought I wanted, and this was to try and shoot over spring break, I sent it out to a couple of people. Like I said, like send your stuff out to some people that you trust. And my screenwriting professor wrote me back immediately was like, this is so great. I think your work is great. I think, I hope one day you give me a job, <laughs> you know, which is like really sweet. And he's like, I also don't think your first scene works. And I don't think your last scene works. Well, if your first and your last scene don't right. work, <laughs> you've got to go back, right? <laughs> so I had to start, like, I, I had to really think about like what had happened. You know, it's like, okay, this character ran away with the story. My protagonist isn't protagging you know what I mean like I need her to like decide that she's the one making these changes in her life so a lot of it was like I've got to figure out these characters so I can figure out the script so it can be tight and so it can be strong um and then you've got to get your hands on deck for your crew and I thought that would be easier than it was honestly because like it's such a small world and everybody does everybody else's stuff but I'm very unvetted you know and people we're all working for free, which is gross, but we have to because that's just the way that it works. Unfortunately, I got a little bit of money from the school, but I mean enough to like give people snacks and pay for gas and that is it. So, and I don't have any money. Uh, I thought that I would have my tax return, which was going to be like five grand. I'm like, I'm just going to put it all to my movie, which is not bad for like, and then they're like, uh, you're going to get a random audit this year. I'm going to hold on to this. Ugh. All right. So it becomes really scrappy, right? And I had my, I wrote it with somebody in mind who I had worked with before, and I sent him the script, and he immediately was like, I'm in. I love it. Let's do this. Let's make this thing, which is great. And that's what you want. And that's the other thing I learned is that if you send your script to somebody and they're like, uh, maybe no, the answer is no. Then if you're, if, 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 if you're not absolutely yes, let's do this, then these are not your team and it's not your people. And it doesn't matter how good they are at, you know, editing or cinematography or whatever it is that you need. Like somebody else can do that because what you need is enthusiasm and yes, people. So we're get, getting closer and closer now, and I secured yesterday my cinematographer for sure. Today I have another one, so now I have two, and I'm like, <laughs> uh-oh, I don't know how this is going to work or how we're going to make it happen. And so I was, and I was, would still, like, if anybody was like, hey, do you need more hands on deck? Do you need uh, yes, yes, I do. Like, come hold this boom. Come script supervise. Come say, actually, her hair was down in her face last time she said this line, and she should put it down in her face again. Because those are the things that you get home, and you're like, crap. This was so beautifully done, and it doesn't look right because of just, like, this little minuscule detail or, you know – I could hear a car go by in the background and the sound wasn't just right or whatever it was. And so in that way, the collaborative aspect of it can be like really maddening because so many more things can go wrong. Like if something goes wrong on the page, writing a screenplay or writing a book, that's your fault. Like you, you messed up. If something goes wrong on set, anything could have happened, including like an act of God. But if you're the director, it's still your fault. <laughs> so it's like, oh, no. Um, but yeah, we're almost there now. Now I've graduated and my professor had to say, cause she, when she saw the script, she sat down and she said, I think this is great. I don't think you're going to shoot it this semester. I think this is a year and a half of your life. 
And I was like, wow, okay, cool, thanks. You're probably right. You know? <laughs> I was just trying to like get it done before I go. But she had like had a film that went to the festival circuits and stuff, and she just understood how much time it takes. So I was really grateful to have her on my side saying, slow down, take your time, let it happen. And then fighting for me because I'm using all of the equipment from the OU Film and Media Studies Department as a graduate, not a graduate student, but as someone who has graduated, which is not how it's supposed to go. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. it's for students. But they made an exception for me to make this film. Oh, which that's is really so lovely. cool. And then gave me yeah. money to do it. Yeah. Wow. Nice. They believe in you. That's incredible. That's yeah. They do. It yeah. is incredible. It is incredible. So I'm really excited. But, like, they do. But, again, when you're just trying to get people, like, hey, give me 72 hours of your life on this weekend, and you have to call off work, and you have to blow off other... And people are like, uh, we'll see how this turns out. And then maybe next time I'll be on your film, which I get, honestly. But it's just, it's a lot. And you and I feel the pressure of it, definitely. And wanting to show up day one with my shit together and like the real thing, you know, and not waste anybody's time. Because right. it takes forever. You would be so surprised. You go on, have you, have you, either of you ever been on a film set before? Uh, I have like it is not, very like yeah. intermediate, like, not intermediate, like introductory level. I was a mass comm major, so very, very base. Okay. But you would know even from a little bit that everything takes three times as long oh, yeah. as you think it's going to take. Like it just takes so long. It's not like theater rehearsal where like you go and you do your rehearsals and then on the day of you just punch the thing out and it's right. the running time, you know, within 10 minutes either way every night. No, you just never know that things are going to take forever and the things that aren't going to work and the things that in your head seem so simple, which are actually absolutely impossible. And then you start to realize why when you see people eating on camera, like how come no one's water ever looks cold? Because they were at that table for seven hours. <laughs> 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 My favorite thing to do in movies is to be like, that's not what they looked like two seconds ago. <laughs> Continuity like, errors. I love, I read this book, I don't remember when it was, but it's called Continuity Girl. And that, like, that was her job. And I was like, this is yeah. so much fun. Yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> because I do Everyone that when needs, I wish I had one. Yes. Yeah. It's so important. And it's hard because you're trying to do, like, the big picture stuff. You need somebody that's like... Well, next time. I know your shirt was tucked in a minute ago, and now it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your cup is in the other hand. Oh, no. Yeah. Ugh. It's a lot. I have one more film question, and then a couple okay. quick, fun ones, and then I'll let you go, because we've had you for, like, an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you have a, a film right now that you were in that's going through the circuit right now, right? Correct. Yes. That's called Distance. Uh, and it's going to be streaming, actually, on May 28th. Uh, and it's like $10 for this all-streaming festival. But this was um, one of my classmates' films. And I was really flattered when he asked me to be in it. And I actually, I just assumed, because I told him, like, we all do each other's stuff. And then I get there, and it's like, this is not just a bunch of students. This is, like, people with IMDb pages. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm suddenly <laughs> also in this. And But that's how I met the guy who's leading my uh, film that I'm doing oh, right nice. now. So I met a lot of great people then. And uh, it was just, it's this weird, like, post-apocalyptic zombie, like, people who like the 80s weird horror, you know, with, like, the crazy makeup and stuff. It's going to be right up their alley for sure cool very very cool i asked you if you have all you asked all of your questions yes, yes? i'm done. okay okay so 
I love watching all of your like cocktails and what you're spinning. So right now, oh, what yeah. is your cocktail and what are you spinning? <laughs> okay, well, if I'm at home drinking, mm-hmm. it is martini season. I like there's a there's a uh, distillery out of Guthrie, Oklahoma, believe it or not, that makes my favorite gin. It's Garden Club, and so I use the Garden Club gin and the Contrato Vermouth, which is like the most beautiful. It's the most Elizabeth bottle you've ever seen. If you Google it, you'll be like, oh my god! Obviously, she picked this bottle of Vermouth. Uh, so I have that with a with a twist, and I've got Alistair on them now. And then at my actual workplace, I have two cocktails on the menu. And one is a French 75 riff that's made with this gorgeous French single malt whiskey that tastes like, this sounds crazy, but blueberries. So I've got a house-made blueberry syrup and lemon um, and uh, just topped with Brut Prosecco. It's like this hot pink French 75. Awesome. And I drop blueberries in it, and they float around like a lava lamp. So it's really fun. And then I have something that's a throwback to my... uh, Fathom's Deep Days, the Queen of Nassau, which is a stirred rum cocktail. So it has uh, a Fiji rum, a pineapple rum, a pineapple amaro, and a falernum. And so it's very boozy, but very delicious. (laughs) I love it. Okay, what is your favorite album? Or not favorite, because you don't do favorites. What? (laughs) Thank you. I was like... (laughs) What's, so what's the vibe right now for album <laughs> the vibe right now uh you know what i i actually think that i might gun to my head have a favorite album and it's the lana del rey norman fucking rockwell album oh yeah which i listen to a lot uh i think that's i think that's got to be the one yeah Those really are the same i know <laughs> i mean i wish i was as cool as her but yeah <laughs> She's what I aspire to be. It's fine. Um, so we end our show with what do you like this week? So, Elizabeth, what do you like this week? What do I like this week? Can it be something that's not new? Yeah, yeah. it can be literally anything. anything. Okay. Sometimes it's Jacqueline like that she pet a dog she saw yeah. today. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This week I like Frasier. I'm oh, watching yeah. Frasier to just unwind at the end of the night with my martinis. Yeah. And I realized, like, we've got this whole summer coming with the kids at home. My boys are 8 and 10. I'm like, I have to find a show that I can watch with my kids in the room. Yeah. Because that's really hard to do. And it's always been Bake Off. It's, like, British Baking Show. Mm-hmm. But we've seen all of it too many times. And also, it's kind of tainted for me because it makes me feel like COVID times because I've been sure. through COVID so much that now I'm like, I think I need something different. All of a sudden, my boy's favorite show is Frasier, and they want to watch it with us every day. Oh, is that not the cutest thing? That is so cute. I love Frasier. Mommy, what is a prostitute? I'm like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Skip that part. It's a weird word, but don't say that word. (laughs) Yeah. It's a weird word. Don't worry about it. Isn't the dog funny? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's what I love that. Um, This was fun, so don't be surprised if I ask you to come back on. I would love to. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. And I am thinking about doing podcasting again now that I'm out of school. School took every bit of energy that I have. So, yeah, with kids, too, and with a job, too, it's just, yeah. But here in a bit, I'm going to be settling in to having more time than I've had in years. So hit me up. Yeah, Alistair teased something on his Instagram stories, and I was like, if you and Elizabeth don't do this. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, the thing is, we have one of my classes, my critical methods class, uh, he wanted us, the the professor that is, wanted us as students to present something other than a paper. And one of the options was podcast. I was like, obviously, I'm going to podcast because that's a breeze to me. Like, I can just do it, and that's fine. So Alistair and I did two together, uh, and we loved it, and we had so much fun. And my professor was like, oh, my God, why don't you two have a podcast? And I'm like, well. Maybe, maybe, maybe someday. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe someday. Yeah. Thank you so, 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 so much. It was such a pleasure. <laughs> it was my pleasure. It really was. Thank you. Hey, Megan, what do you like this week? Well, there's this thing that we did, but I'm going to let Jacqueline talk about it. You can talk about it. I can do something else. No, no, no. I have a lot of other things that I can talk about. I just was <laughs> teasing you more than anything else. What I really like this week is TikTok and Dropbox. They're my most favorite thing because they're playing along so well right now. Um, I like... Honestly, I like having a two-year-old right now. It's really fun. It's um, She's doing so much. <clears throat> she's becoming such a little person. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to be able to like kind of communicate with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still some things where she was talking today and I was like, Ma'am, I have no idea what you're saying. Yeah. Um, she told me yesterday that I could be her best friend. Not that I was her best friend, <laughs> but that I could be her best friend. It's okay, because Daddy and Ryder, who is a kid that she goes to school with, are her best friends. Mm. So. Well, we asked her yesterday if the three of us could be best friends. That's true. Cause, oh, because Quack Quack is also yeah, her best I friend. I asked. I was like, Am I, can I be your best friend? Yes. She's like nodded her head. I was like, can I also be mommy's best friend? <laughs> she nodded. I said, can we all be best friends? Yeah. And she nodded. Yeah. So we're all three best friends. Yeah. But she's she's so fun. She's really like developing, like I said, like a personality. She's developing interests. Mm-hmm. Things that are her, like things that she's finding on her own, not just like things that I've like shoved down her throat. <laughs> um, and most people would think that I introduced her to Elsa. No, daycare did. And she is obsessed with her. <laughs> so, But I, she does like Rella. Mm-hmm. And she likes Punzi. Um, <clears throat> she loves Binky, which is what she calls Fancy Nancy for some reason. Mm-hmm. She has recently decided that she loves Alice. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. And puppies, which is 101 mm-hmm. Dalmatians. Yeah. We watch Mermaid. She, she does mermaid. like Mermaid. She does like Mermaid. She likes to watch Mermaid with Black Bang. So. Yes. She will sometimes watch with me, but she will like, actually like sit and pay attention with you. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's because for the longest time, I'm pretty sure she thought it was Jacqueline. Yeah, because I had all red hair for yeah. the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I like brought it up on the TV. We were going to watch it. She goes, oh, quack, quack. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the greatest thing yeah. ever. <sighs> you guys, the new one comes out so soon. Oh, it's going to be so great. So soon. Also, what I like this week is that Taylor saying best day on Mother's Day. Yeah. So that's a good one. So yeah. Hey Jacqueline, what do you like this week? Well, speaking of Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> when are we not talking about right. literally every episode? My coworker and I were walking in and our another one of our coworkers was like, Are you guys talking about Taylor Swift? I just looked at him. I'm like, when are we not talking about Taylor Swift? <laughs> Okay, so Megan and I went to Dannenberger Winery on Saturday, this past Saturday. Did you see that they commented on yes! our reel twice? Yes, they love us. <laughs> like, sponsor us to come yeah. do more events at your yeah. place. Yeah. 
Um, but we, they had a Taylor Swift dance party, which we tend to do this exact time every single year because yeah. that following Sunday, you guys, I had a Facebook Tradition. memory that was the one that we went to last year in St. Louis. Yeah. So we just now have to do it every single year. It's a rule. This year I didn't have COVID though, but yeah. I did end up you with did no lose voice. Your voice. <laughs> yeah. Mine was gone for part of Sunday, but it's back. Um, I have some like sinusy thing that is all, probably yeah. COVID. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's not COVID. I was just no, kidding, you guys. Like playing yeah. into this. So, but we did that. It was super super fun. Um, we made some little Swifty friends because everyone that was near us was approximately seven years old. <laughs> they were the girls that were behind us that made it in our TikTok. Uh huh. I made sure to use that clip yeah. because of that. Yeah. Um. Literally look like they are. 14 years old yeah i'm yeah. pretty sure they were also screaming bloody murder the entire time in uh -huh. all of our videos they're like ah. yeah and but one of the one girl knew every single one? word every single yes. word i'm every like i know word. i know all of the words but oh my gosh especially because so, some of those albums were older than she is yeah so um that was it was really really fun we had a good time um there wasn't ever really i mean there was a part where i was kind of just like okay like the, you're annoying to some people but it was over fairly quickly like we all just were having a good time because yeah. it's taylor and everybody loves yeah. taylor and we were just dancing and it was great so that was that was fun it was fun i have been like thinking and i decided that i think that the like official it's not official you call it like the official taylor yeah. swift dance party but like the taylor swift dance party tm Mm -hmm. I think I like it a little bit better. Because they had the fuck the patriarchy balloons. They had the balloons. Uh, although this one had bubbles and Yes. Although the sparklers. bubbles only went in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, we mouth. were right next to the like right next to the stage and we were right yeah. by the bubble machine and every time it turned on it was just in my hair immediately. And then I was eating them and it was just a time. And I also thought my hair was gonna catch on fire. I also thought her hair was gonna catch on fire. Because they had like sparklers, it just went straight up, but like you guys I have a lot of hair. She does. <laughs> so she does I was kind of, of afraid. Um, but, but the one that uh, they both travel, because I think this one travels yeah. too. But the one that we went to last year is three hours. Uh -huh. No, it might have been four hours. Because it started at, what, 9.30? No, I three. don't know. It, it started at like 9.30 and then got over at like 12.30. It, it was after midnight. It was after midnight. Yeah. And this one was like 8.30 to 10. 10.30. Yeah. yeah. Um. But also, this one played zero folklore. Uh huh. Zero evermore. Mm -hmm. One song from debut. Yeah. And it was sort of said no. Mm hmm. Um, they also didn't have themed drinks. Yes, which they said they were going to. And yeah. they said they were going to have photo opportunities, which they did not have. Yeah, there was one like wing <laughs> thing, but that's there all the time. Yeah. So that was kind of sad. That was their thing. Yeah. And then they had, like, one little, like, neon sign that was, like, behind the DJ station that she yeah. couldn't, like, right. stand under. Right. So. so. It, I would have, because it was said delicate. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. But it was fun. It was fun. But, yeah, I liked the other one. Yeah. There was just more ebb and flow uh -huh. to the other one. Yeah. But. This one did have the music videos playing, though. That was fun. the other one. Yeah, but not all of them were the exact, like, video. That's fair. That's fair. Like, a lot of these were the actual, yes. Yes. like, video, which was fun. <laughs> also, neither one of them did the, but how did that make you feel? I, yeah. And I I'm screamed like, it. What party is that from? <laughs> because I want to go to that one. Yeah. Tori, I screamed it. <laughs> yeah. 
And this one played Endgame. Uh huh. I went and peed during that. <laughs> she did. I was like, oh, I okay. went during. Was I during Bad Blood? I think. Maybe. I think that's when I went. Yeah, because yeah, he did Bad Blood. I know you were in trouble. Yeah, it's fine. You know they can't all be bangers. Yeah. But so. it was fun. We had a lot. Yeah. Clearly, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. My body still hurts. <laughs> it's fine. You guys should watch the TikTok that Megan made. <coughs> yeah. It's awesome. It took me 17 hours. It's awesome. Oh. So, but yeah, that's what that's what I like. It's a good one. That's what I like. It's a good one. It was definitely worth the $10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, friends. Well, if you guys want to keep talking about Elizabeth or you just want to keep hanging out with us, you can find us at likethispod.com or you can also buy our merch. Like this pod on Instagram, like this underscore pod on Twitter, backslash like this pod on fa- Facebook, Ugh. and like this pod on TikTok. You can find me personally at Louder Than Words, L O W D E R, on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Princess underscore Jack on Instagram or Jack4104 on Twitter, and Jack is J A C Q. If you want to support the show, there's a link in the show notes to our Patreon page, or you can rate and review us on your podcast carrier. This helps us out a lot, and we really appreciate it, but only if you're nice. <laughs> We will see you guys next week when we say goodbye to the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Thanks for listening. Bye.